Sometimes we've got to give our loved ones a little extra space. This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another edition of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. In our upcoming Torah portion of Yisro, we have the nation of Israel standing at Sinai. We've left Egypt. Several weeks have passed. We arrive in the Sinai Desert, and we have several days of interplay between Israel and God, Moshe being the go-between, giving us instructions, uh, directions, and one of the key elements is the need for us to maintain a distance. We're told not to touch the mountain, certainly not to ascend the mountain, and that there is the potential of a death penalty for one who does so. What would draw us to that mountain? Why do we need the extra charge to stay away? Well, basically, God is present in the greatest manifestation ever of his presence on earth, on top of the mountain. We're at the base of the mountain, feeling that pull, uh, that magnetism toward God, our, our inner desire, our neshama, our soul, longing for that capacity to be close to God. And we can imagine a very strong temptation to just want to run up there and be close and have a a greater sense of spiritual connection. But God says, no. That's off limits. It's just too too, uh, spiritual at this moment, too intense, and you cannot come any closer than the base of the mountain. This concept is utilized by some understanding the following issue, we, we have a midrashic description of how various nations were approached by God who asked them, do you want my Torah? And to each one of them, uh, when he made the question, each one of them responded with, well, like, what's it say? And God responded to each, sharing with them something that went against their national tendencies. So, for those who were oriented towards theft, he told them, Lo Sigzol, the Torah is going to preach against theft. Uh, not quite interested in the package. For those who were murderous, he told them, Lo Sirtzach, uh, that thou shalt not murder. And again, they shied away. So some raise the question, why didn't God do that to us? Why didn't he share with us anything that would have run against our grain to see if we really, really wanted the Torah, if we're really accepting of the Torah, despite the fact that there is some element that goes against our national tendencies. Now, my own Rosh Hashiva of blessed memory, of Yaakov Weinberg, argued that the question is a non-question, because he said when we declared that we want the Torah regardless of what it says, we indicated very clearly it doesn't matter. We're not looking at the details. No checklist necessary. We want the package. We want the relationship. And certainly that is a very significant understanding of our buy-in to Torah. But there are those who do raise the question, and one fascinating suggested answer, I believe of the Kutzke Rebbe, actually, is that God did reveal to us something that goes against our national tendency, Actually, as I'm thinking right now, probably not the Kutzke Rebbe, but one of his great disciples, the Chidushi Harim, of the founders of Geror Hasidus, of the Hasid Egur, uh, that I believe he's he who describes that when God said, I'm going to be here, 
and you have to stay there, that there's going to be the need for that distance. That goes against our national tendencies. Our spirit, our desire is to be as close to God as possible and to know that He would be, again, present, whatever that means in a much more intense way, manifest on top of the mountain, and we have to stay back at the distance. That would run against the grain of who and what we are. And that was a test. Will you accept the Torah even knowing that there are times that you will feel a spiritual tug to which you can't respond? And of course, we did accept. But then the message carries further into our world as well. If that was a test, it's not limited to that environment of the Sinai experience at the mountain. But there are times in life that we want to do something not out of some type of corrupt, negative place. We're coming out of a positive drive for closeness to God. But God says now's not the time or place. An example. And following scenario, somebody invests in getting hold of a lulav and an etrog, the various species for the sukkah's holiday, and turns out uh, when he gets the set, something goes wrong and the etrog is disqualified, or the lulav is no good, and as a general rule, if you're paying less than $35, $40, you can expect it's probably not good to start with, but again, let's assume got a set and then discovers that there's some problem with it. But, I really, really, really want to use this and recite the blessing over it uh, at home or in the synagogue. Now, if it's not a kosher set, the blessing is a wrong statement because, again, it's a declaration that's out of place. It's an abuse of God's name to say a blessing that's inappropriate. Where is the desire coming from that this person is saying, yeah, but, but I want to be able to say the prayer. I want to recite that blessing to God. Now, and again, what a person should do in that case is utilize somebody else's. There's ways to do that. That works. But I want to do it with my Lula of an to show my appreciation, my dedication, my commitment. But it's out of place. <laughs> it's not a display of commitment if you are doing that which God said don't do. God's saying, no, 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 no. Don't articulate that prayer, that blessing in that context. But I want to. Where's that coming from? It's not coming from some anti-God, from some corrupt place. It's coming from a spiritual quest, but it's misplaced. Now's not the time, place, or context for utilization of that formula, of that blessing. It's wrong. And it would be a breach. Uh, in a parallel, it's, I, I want to give uh, my spouse, my child, my, my parent, I want to give them a gift, and, and here's some chocolate, but, but I'm allergic. I don't want the chocolate. No, 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 but, but look, I got you the heart-shaped chocolate, and it's so special, and I got the most expensive brand, but, but I don't want it. Or, I, I want to spend time with you, but right now I need some space. I, I, I'm, I'm involved in a work project. I'm emotionally not, not, not in the right frame of mind, but, but I want to be close to you. I want to show you the closeness, but I don't want that right now. You're not displaying commitment. You're displaying was ultimately not a service of God or not a display of loyalty to your partner, to your child, to your parent. You were displaying that what's motivating you is you. There's something inside of, of myself that's driving me to do this rather than thinking, what do you really want from me? 
And when it comes to our relationship with God, it could really be called, in lieu of a proper service of God, a service of self. We're told, no, right now we can't go on the mountain. This is going to display uh, and indicate to you for the future that there are times that you have this desire, this quest for closeness, but it's not the right time, place, context, way to do it. And you'll show your closeness, you'll show your loyalty, you'll show your commitment by heeding my request for that space. This idea, again, in the context of our relationship with God, and we can borrow from it to our relationship with others, demands of us to be thoughtful, not as to what's, what feels good, or what feels spiritual, or what feels loving, or what feels close, but for what is actually good, actually loving, actually spiritual, actually close. And that demands that we kind of detach from our inner feeling and use our seichel, use our mind, to analyze what does the other really want from me. Many of you know a pet peeve I have, I mentioned before in podcasts, or anybody who's attended classes of mine around Pesach time, and especially for those in areas like Cincinnati, where um, it's the end of the time zone, and in Passover, it gets dark pretty late at night. And a huge percentage of those who sit down to the Passover Seder are eating the matzah well before dark. And the one day of the year that we're commanded not to have matzah is when they're having their matzah. And by the time it's actually Passover, because the clock struck nighttime at whatever time that is, the Seder is basically over. And I'm not going to get heavily involved in Pesach issues right now, but the desire to sit down and have a Pesach Seder is coming from a very beautiful place. And the desire to do so with the matzah. Again, fulfilling the, wanting to fulfill the mitzvah and connect to the both the commandment and the messages involved and the and the history involved, coming from good places, but the need to do so at a time that's convenient for me, rather than when God indicated it's Pesach, is again crossing that line into who am I really serving? What's dictating? how I operate, how I relate, how I connect with God, what God asks me to do, or what kind of I internally feel is how I want to connect with Him. And again, just another example among many. If we can take to heart this message, and the message in Yisro, that we're going to have, we have this experience, and we have to stay at that distance, and know that that's going to permeate our Jewish experience, it's going to permeate our human experience, that we have to be able to be cognizant of what it is that the other is really wanting from us. If we can keep that in mind and measure our behaviors, measure our religious behaviors, measure our social behaviors, measure measure our family interactions uh, by this gauge of what is the are they really wanting from me? What is really right vis-a-vis what it is that they uh, you know, want to happen out of this scenario, we will be far, much, far more likely to be able to accomplish what we are attempting to accomplish properly and fully and not inappropriately cross any lines, not inappropriately uh, end up being very self-serving, but rather be serving the other and ultimately serving God and far more likely 
to achieve our tachlis.